whether or not we all realize it, those of us who serve the Lord are participating in the most epic adventure of all time, space, and history. I think it's about time that we start celebrating the miraculous and wonderful ways that God touches our lives in everyday circumstances. I'm Karen Pennington, and this is Daily Adventures in Grace. Hey there friends, Karen Pennington here. And those of you who are watching YouTube are getting the midday me, which means <laughs> my hair is already messy, my makeup's already faded. This is what I look like most of the time. <laughs> so here's what you get. God loves me anyways. I do confess, uh, since I started YouTubing, I've gotten just a tad bit vain. Just in that when you see yourself, you go, oh, okay, I look pale. Oh, okay, I look blotchy. I could use more eyeliner. So I'm looking at myself right now and trying really hard not to do not to do that. But I'm beautiful in God's sight. I'm sure I don't look too horrible in your sight. If so, I have a podcast. You can listen to that. Same thing, no face. But so anyways, I did want to say hi. I did want to talk today about something a little weird, something I'm good at, which is golf. And by I'm good at it, what I mean is I'm good at sand traps. I'm good at staying in sand traps. I've only golfed once or twice in my life. And uh, I can't say I lived there because we golfed a, a, an easy golf course, so there weren't that many. But I'm not so great at getting out of it. And here's how I can tell you to stay, how to stay stuck in a sand trap. And that is, I'm going to have to write that down, how to stay stuck um, <laughs> in a sand trap. And that's if you look down. Um, just a second. I'm I'm so. This is bad for me to be in the middle of the day. Uh, if you look down while you are hitting the ball, you are very likely to stay stuck in a sand trap. You may get the ball out eventually. It probably won't go anywhere near close to where you want it to go because why? You're looking at the sand. So basically, your goal is to hit the sand. You'll keep hitting the sand. I don't know if you notice, but wherever your eyes go, that tends to be where the rest of you follows eventually. So if your goal is to stay put. Keep looking down in that sand trap, right? So how do I know this? Obviously, personal experience. I'm very good at this. And sometimes you just end up kicking up a bunch more sand and then you're frustrated with yourself and you're like, why am I here? Why am I here? Why am I here? But the people that get out of the sand traps and the people that get closer to their goals quicker and less than, you know, 475 strokes is the ones who are looking on their goal. Um, it's really easy to get in a sand trap. It's a lot harder to get out, but when you're looking at your goal, that those are the ones that are likely to get out quicker. And when they get out, instead of it just being randomly anywhere um, or heaven forbid it running into water instead of a sand trap, that they're the ones that are going to get closer to that hole because they have a goal and then looking not at where they're at, but at where they're going, not at um, where how they're stuck, but how to get unstuck. You know, they're not looking at the question, but at the answer, you know, and, and there's so much life in that um, because let's face it. We all get stuck in sand traps. And I'm not talking about golfing. I'm not sure if I'll ever go golfing again. I'm horrible at it. And <laughs> but I we get these ruts and you know, I guess you could blame someone who's in a sand trap but something about their stroke. We aren't always in control of when we're in a rut. Sometimes people do things to us, sometimes things happen. A lot of times we have at least a little bit of ownership. There's something we said or did, but sometimes there's just you know, there's a death in the family, there's someone who's addicted to something, there's a financial need that comes up, somebody wrongs us and it blindsides us, we lose a job unjustly. There's so many ways for us to feel like we're trapped. 
And sometimes we get so deep in that pit, we can't see past the pit. And so it's like we're hitting at the ball, but all we're doing is kicking up sand. And the frustration leads to frustration. Then it just feels like that's almost like the the definition of despair, right? I've been talking a lot about hope and despair lately. You know, hope being looking forward to the good things that are happening. Despair, basically dreading the bad things that will happen with that feeling like there's nothing you can do about it or feeling like there's nothing to hope for. I don't know which one's worse. They're both pretty bad. But despair is like that sand trap, that sand pit. And um, there is a way out of it. But we got to really look at our eyes, right? I want to read to you a Psalm, um, Psalm 121. Now I talked about Psalm 120 yesterday and just briefly we were talking about how Psalm 120 to 135 were called, or 134, I'm sorry, were 15 Psalms called the Psalms of Ascent. Uh, It is believed by many that they were written when the Israelites who had been in captivity for 70 years in Babylon were returning to Jerusalem. So it was an ascent in that they were going towards hope, they were going towards their home, but it was also a physical ascent because Jerusalem is on a hill. They also said in tradition that the rabbis and the Levites and anybody uh, who was of that priestly class, as they walked into the temple, there were 15 steps and they would say the Psalm of Ascent as they went up one one ascent, like Psalm 120 in the first step, Psalm 121 in the second step. And they were very short Psalms, I believe. There is one that's 18 verses. Other than that, there are no Psalms more than nine verses. So yesterday we talked about a Psalm that was really kind of a downer. It was really a Psalm of desperation. But what they were saying at the very beginning of it is, I'm going to call to you because I know you'll answer. So even in the desperation, there is this hope that I don't know anything outside of God. I don't know how you're going to do this. I feel horrible, God, but I know you're going to answer me. So sometimes even in our strivings and in our yearnings, there's hope and that we still can cry out and know you're my only hope, but you are my hope, God, right? So here's another one. Thinking about a sand trap. This is obviously someone set in a sand trap, and this is what they do in of life. You know, sand trap of life. This is what they say in response. Psalm 121, New Revised Standard Version. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where will my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. He who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out, your coming in from this time and forevermore. So first of all, that first verse just gets me. I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord. So I'm in a sand trap right now. I'm in a low valley. I'm somewhere, but I'm looking up, not at where I'm at, but at where my help's coming from. Who's going to draw me to them? Where I'm going? I'm going up this hill. We're from Babylon. We're coming out of Babylon, this place where we had our identity stripped and where we lived as foreigners, but we're going back home. I'm not going to look back at Babylon. I'm not going to look down at my feet. I'm going to look at home. And honestly, looking towards heaven, looking towards Christ, that is our home, right? Uh, and I, there was a little bit further. There was something that I really liked. Um, the Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your, sh- your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. So this word keeper 
Um, it can also be translated bodyguard, the one who watches over you. Not keeper like somebody who rules over you and dominates and you better do what he says. I mean, I do recommend you doing what God says, but it's not like this over-dominance controlling factor. There's a security and a safety and sometimes things will happen. Sometimes you'll go dangerous places, but God is always watching over you. There has to be a security in knowing that when you're moving towards the Lord and when you're walking in the right way, that God's got your back. Doesn't mean it's going to be easy, but it's definitely going to be better and a lot more secure than anything else because what's more secure than the hand of God, right? The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. I thought that was interesting because the sun, you know, if the sun was just is, you know, all the millions of miles it is away, just slightly further, slightly closer to us. If it was 100 miles closer to us, we'd be burned alive. If it was 100 miles further away, I've heard just a little bit further away, then we would freeze like icicles. But the sun is exactly where it needs to be, and that's where God keeps it. I don't have anything more dangerous than the sun. <laughs> Honestly, this big fat ball of gas, burning gas that never stops burning. And yet, God keeps it in its place so it becomes something that nourishes us and helps us and not something that kills us. And that's the God we can count on, right? This is such a personal thing for me today because honestly, I'm going through something. Since it involves other people, I will not share what it is, but I will tell you it is an impossible situation. It is absolutely nothing that I have any control over. And short of God's miracle, some hard things will happen. And so today I'm choosing to believe that God's going to deliver us. And it has to be miraculous because it can't be any other way. And he's going to do it because he always does. God always meets our needs. I mean, I always feel like it. And let's think about it. Even people who are sick, who end up passing away, those who know the Lord, um, it's hard. Sometimes it feels like he's not meeting their needs, but he's just bringing them home. You know, there's even when we can't see where it is, we really just kind of have to believe. And there's a strength in believing that God has got our back. God will meet our needs. I can't tell you how many times we had no money in the bank, but money came. I can't tell you literally how many times we had Sundays where we drive to church knowing we didn't have enough gas or any money to get back in. And somehow the money came, whether it was um, a check that came in a little bit earlier or I, we've had strangers come up to us and say, I'm sorry, I don't know you. I just feel like I need to give you this and give us a $20 bill or a $40 bill. And it would seem like charity other than the fact that that was an exact need and we were dressed nicely, you know, and I'm just blessed and God told me to do this. You know, I can't tell you how many times that sort of thing happened where God led somebody miraculously. And I will tell you this, and I'm saying this because I'm believing it for myself as well in my own situation. If you're in an impossible situation, if you're seeking God, don't go the other direction from God. Sometimes God will catch up with you. Sometimes God will let you go your own direction and serve your own consequences. Either way, it's not God's fault. But if you're going in the direction of God, if you're leaning into God's grace, if you're trying to be faithful and you're in an impossible situation and you have absolutely nothing else you can do about it, then now's the time to praise the Lord because a miracle is coming. What would our lives be like if we believed that and lived by that? Isn't that what happened on Christmas? The people who were living in darkness have seen a great light. Isn't that what happened when the Israelites went all the way up to the Red Sea and then they were stuck between the sea and the mountain and the most powerful army in all history up to that point? And then God parted the sea? The more dire our situation, as faithful people who have done all that we can, the greater often 
the miracle is that God sends to set us free. He isn't just the God of the hills. He's the God who made the hills and the valleys and the oceans and the seas. He can tell a mountain to move. He can tell a sea to part. And he can take that wall that's right in the middle of between you and that promise you know he made you and he can tear it down. And he will. So that's our challenge. That's my challenge to me and to you today. Let's start praising God for the miracles that we know he'll do because we know that he'll meet our needs according to his riches and according to his words. And we know that when we believe and when we ask according to his will, we'll get it. So when we're asking for something that is his will and it seems impossible, maybe it is impossible, but let's praise the God of the impossible who can accomplish things that can't make sense in our math or our logic because he does it all the time. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for who you are. Help us to lift our eyes up, God. Um, I confess I have had moments even the past couple weeks where I've uh, just bowed my head and focused so much on a problem that can't be solved, that can't be overcome, Lord, but you're going to overcome it. You're going to make a way. You're going to, you have provided this very situation in this very situation, an opportunity for me to trust you. Lord, help us to see with your eyes in these impossible situations. Give us the faith and the intelligence, really, to praise you for the miraculous, the miraculous breakthroughs that you make. You're a God of breakthrough. I just know in this time in my country and in my world, you're just wanting to break through and you're just asking. You're just waiting for us to ask, Lord. So we're asking right now and we're believing and I'm believing for those who see or hear this for breakthroughs in their own lives. And we thank you for it because you're just so good, God. In your name, amen. Be blessed, my friends. Be set free, my friends. And may you see God's miraculous hand and power in mighty ways today.